Welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road Church in Guildford, UK. Thank you for joining us on the journey, wherever you are in the world. You can find out more about who we are and what we're up to at EmmausRoad.com. Is Pentecost because we can be filled with the Holy Spirit anytime, any place, anywhere. But there's something in us that is hardwired to remember things, to have particular. That's why we have birthdays, isn't it? To remember that we were like we were born. We don't need to celebrate it every day. Every every day we celebrate it once a year, just to remember to celebrate the fact that we are born. We are hardwired to remember things and to be thankful for things, to mark occasions, to retell stories, to remind ourselves of our place in stories. And Pentecost Sunday today is the day that we retell and we remember and we remind ourselves of what happened on the day of Pentecost uh, with millions of followers of Jesus all around the world today celebrating the, the birthday of the church, the day when the Holy Spirit was poured out without measure upon his people and the church was born. You remember what we've just heard? All of them were filled. All of them. Not some of them, not the good ones, not the worthy ones, not the ones who prayed five times a day or six times a day, not the ones who were particularly holy, not the ones who were particularly good at singing, not the ones who were particularly gifted. It said the Holy Spirit was poured out on all of them. And I believe that everyone can encounter the Holy Spirit and experience him today because that is what he has promised I want to start by reminding you that the Holy Spirit is a person, one to be equally loved with the Father and with Jesus. Historically, the church is really good at remembering, uh, talking about Jesus. We're really good about, about talking about God the Father, and we sort of sometimes talk about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we talk about the Holy Spirit. Now, well, um, um, as many of you know, I wasn't brought up in a Christian uh, home, and, and I remember... Um, at school, um, we had to go to, um, we had chapel three times a week. And um, I remember the chaplain sort of talking about the father. He had this, kind of, I don't know if you noticed, but some people, they kind of, they talk totally normally until they start talking about God uh, or they start praying. They put on this weird kind of religious voice. So he sounded like this most of the time. And then he talked about the father and the son and the Holy Ghost. And I wasn't sure I liked the idea of the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost was a ghost. And I don't really want to be around ghosts. It conjures up, see what I did there? Ghost conjures, never mind. Uh, Thank you. All sorts of thoughts of the supernatural in a rather unpleasant, uh, nasty way. And it was really only uh, when I did an an Alpha course and I went on a Holy Spirit day and... uh, I heard about the person of the Holy Spirit, not this impersonal force like in Star Wars, but a a person, part of the Godhead, part of the Trinity. And it was only when I was prayed for and I experienced the love of God through the Holy Spirit that I understood that the Holy Spirit is a person. He loves us. He loves to draw close to us. He loves to meet with us. In the Bible, we see that as a person, he's distinct. He has a mind and intelligence. We see that in Romans 8, 27. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 reminds us he has a will. He is the one who sees endless possibilities and is supremely creative. 
I don't know if you're ever around people. I'm around people sometimes um, who... Uh, some people are like glass-overflowing people. Sammy Gregg is a glass-overflowing person. She's just like every... She's pos- super positive about everything. We all also know people who are like, what glass? <laughs> what glass? Well, the Holy Spirit is a glass-overflowing person. He is the one who sees endless uh, opportunities, is enormously creative. So sometimes the things that we think are going to be our worst moments, he goes, let's just do a judo move on Let's just do something extraordinary. That all things God works for the good of those who love him are called according to his purpose. And he does something that we didn't expect that's enormously creative. Because he loves turning the tables. He loves doing stuff. We, we know that uh, he speaks to people. We know that he has emotions. Romans 15.30. Ephesians 4.30. But supremely, he is love. And when I was prayed for on that Alpha Day, as many people in this room have been, I experienced the love of God through the person of the Holy Spirit. And he is still at work today. We read in the Bible that people were were filled with the Holy Spirit. There are actually three different ways that that people in the Bible were filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is the bit where I get to impress you with my Greek. Okay? New Testament Greek. So first of all, there are moments when people were filled with the Spirit. And this is a conscious experience of God's power, like we just read in the book of Acts. And are you ready for the Greek word for this? If you're a Greek speaker, I want to apologize. Uh, the, the thing I can tell you is that my French is even worse than my Greek. When I was at school, uh, my, my mum went up to my French teacher and he said, oh, you better sit down to my mum. And it didn't get much better after that. Okay, so filled with the Spirit, a conscious uh, experience of God's power is eplis the san. Eplis the san. There we go. I said it once. The second one is when people are full of the Spirit. And this is like, this is a character trait. You know, we meet people, and some of them are just full of the Holy Spirit. We just, we, they are, it's not just they're charismatic people. They have this thing. They have this, the Holy Spirit is just on them the whole time. We meet people like that. And um, I've got this, um, this friend, um, Tim, in America, and he, he is just full of, I've never met someone who is so full of the Holy Spirit. People just love to be around him because he just, he just reflects uh, the presence of Jesus all the time, the love of Jesus all the time. Are you ready for the Greek word for this? Here we go. Oh, yeah. Pleiros. That's much easier. Uh, and then there is filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is, this is the inspiration when we speak particular words at particular moments. So you remember when Paul goes to the Sanhedrin and, he, and they tell him to stop talking about Jesus and he doesn't and he gives them a whole sermon. Well, he said, Paul, um, uh, uh, sorry, Peter, filled with the Spirit. And the Greek word for that is plesthis, plesthis. So there are three ways that the New Testament talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. But the one thing that we do know, Ephesians 5.18, is Paul commands the church. This is not a nice suggestion. It's not a nice idea. He says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't say, you know, maybe you might consider it. He says, be filled with the Holy Spirit because we need the Holy Spirit. We need him. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. So... When he, when he fills us, what does he do? Well, first of all, he reminds us that we're dearly loved sons and daughters of God. You'll know the passage well from Romans 8, 15. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you've received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. 
The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. How incredible is that? That God has seen us, he's chosen us, he's loved us, and he's adopted us, he's made us part of his family. And we know that, partly we know that because it's the truth, but we experience that by the Holy Spirit. He gives us this conviction, this sense this knowledge that we are dearly loved children of God. And, and what that does, when, we begin, when that begins to get a hold of us, is we stop feeling insecure. We stop worrying about what people around us are thinking because we know we are loved by the creator of the universe. We know that he rejoices us with singing. We know that he says that we're the apple of his eye. We know that he says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So what does it matter what anybody else thinks about us? Our security comes from the knowledge that we are dearly loved by God. Secondly, he draws us into deep relationship with God. For through him, Jesus, we have both access to the Father by one Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. That's Ephesians 2, 18. Through the Holy Spirit, that's what happened just now. We encountered the presence of Jesus because the Holy Spirit came close and started to move amongst us. And he draws us, he's always wanting to draw us into deeper friendship with God. He does this by helping us pray. You'll you remember we did a whole talk, we did a whole series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but we did a talk where we talked about the fact that God has given us the gift of tongues to help us to pray when words run out, when we do not know what to pray anymore, when there are moments in our lives when we're like, ah, he gives us words. He, he helps us to pray because he loves us because he's always looking for ways to draw us closer to the Father. The Holy Spirit breathes new life into us and he changes us. When you encounter the love of God and are drawn into a deeper relationship with him, it changes us. It changes us. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you will prophesy to them and you will be changed into a different person. He wants to change us. He doesn't want to give us a character transplant. I think some of us, why I remember when someone said you'll be filled with the Spirit and you'll be changed, like I quite like myself the way I am. I mean, I'm not perfect, I know. And I, I went into some sort of teenage sort of, you know, angst thing where I started thinking about my... But he doesn't want to give you a character transplant, but all of us, there is a version of all of us that we long to be like the best version of ourselves, the version that we aspire to be, the version that we try really hard to be, the version of ourselves that we fail to be so often. And in God's heart and in his mind, he has a version of ourselves that he is longing for us to be. That is the version of yourself that the Holy Spirit wants to make you. He wants to make you more loving. He wants to make you more peaceful. He wants to make you more joyful. He wants to make you more faithful. He wants to make you more patient. He wants to make you more kind. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is the version of most of ourselves that we long to be. And that is what he does when he comes and lives within us. He changes us and makes us the, past, the version of ourselves we long to be, which is actually just more like him. He comes and makes us more like him, and he breathes in us. And you remember in, in Genesis, he breathes into Adam, and Adam comes alive. Well, it's like when he fills us with his spirit, he breathes in us again. 
in the story in Acts, he, you know, there's this sense of the Spirit comes like a breath. In John's Gospel, it actually talks about Jesus breathing on them and saying, receive the Holy Spirit. It's like you gave life once, and he gives life a second time, but it's a new, full, extraordinary life, the kind of life that we long to have, the life that we, the, per, the people that we long to be, it's like born in us all over again. I remember when I was uh, filled with the Holy Spirit on this Alpha day, and I, I went back to church, and one, one of my friends um, said, you're different. I hadn't said anything. I just walked into him and said, you're different. There's something different about you. I don't know what it is. I, I, he wasn't quite sure whether he liked the different or not, but he just recognized that there was something different about me. We hear it on Alpha all the time. People come back from the Alpha day. They've been filled with the Spirit. They've experienced the love of God, and they're different. I have seen literally thousands of people over years and years and years. It's like they come alive. Their faces light up. And and what they say is, I feel this joy. I I know this peace that I didn't know before. They have been breathed on. The life of God has been breathed into them. The Holy Spirit has been breathed into them. And they have come alive. And people are longing for that. People are longing for what we have, for who we carry. Some friends uh, of mine and and I, we used to... uh, um, well, I say we used to. It sounds like we did it all the time. We went to a nightclub this one time. Um, and um, before we went, we prayed that we'd be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we all prayed, and we all, we all sort of uh, encountered the presence of God. And then we went into this nightclub, and you know, one of my friends danced solidly on a speaker for five hours. Um, and someone was like, oh, how'd you do that? And, and this per- there was a group, we were just, uh, as a group, we were just hanging around. And this person come up to us and says, what is it about you? There's something different about you. What is it you've got? Well, I want some. And I don't know if he thought we were on drugs or what it was. But we just said, well, Jesus. And like there in the nightclub, we prayed for him. He encountered the love and he encountered the power of God. People are longing for that. People will will, will stop at nothing to get that. They will ask you in the most extraordinary places when you're least expecting it, what is it about you that is different? The Holy Spirit, the living God, lives inside of me. And he has changed me and he can change you too. The Holy Spirit reveals the truth to us. John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He comes to illuminate, to instruct, and to inspire. That's what Ellie Mumford said. I love the way that she puts it. The Holy Spirit, when he comes, he comes to illuminate, instruct, and inspire us in the truth about what God says. The Holy Spirit sets us free. 2 Corinthians three seventeen. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is Freedom. Freedom from shame, freedom from guilt, freedom from regret, freedom from addiction, freedom from self-pity, freedom from self-condemnation. So I was leading an alpha group uh, a a few years ago, and um, one of my friends, well, actually one of my friends, he's become one of my friends, but I didn't know him very well at the time. He came up to me and said, "Um, um, I'd really like my son to be in your group. I think he wanted me to his son to be in my group, because I was, the only, uh, I was um, in my early 20s at the time, and I was kind of the only person who had a kind of group that age. So it wasn't that I was you know, anything special, it was just uh, our ages matched. So anyway, so he came to our group, and for the first few weeks, this guy said absolutely nothing. In fact, he sat, sat there with his arms crossed, legs crossed, basically the most sort of body language, the most defensive 
protected position you could be in, and like basically just didn't say a word, and, and was kind of had this air of basically, don't ask me a question, don't look at me, don't talk to me, I'm here because my dad's made me come sort of thing. And, um, and so we went, we actually, we, we went and we did a Holy Spirit day, and towards the end of the day, um, uh, he just started to opening up a little bit about his life, and, and basically what had happened is his father had walked out on them when he was six, he hadn't seen his dad for, um, for 12, 13 years at that point, 14 years, I think it was. And he had got into all sorts of trouble. He had got into um, trouble with a local gang, and he had ended, ended up, he had come to London basically run away, running, running, running away because he was in fear for his life. And um, his dad had uh, become a Christian in the meantime, and, and what had happened is his dad had just got this phone call saying, Dad, it's me. Um, I'm going to be at Euston Station in two hours. Please, will you pick me up? He hadn't, this, the father hadn't spoken to his son for years. And so he picked him up, and his life's a mess, and he's a mess. And his dad brings him on to Alpha. And this story just starts, you know, this guy starts sharing his story with me, and he just starts weeping and saying, this isn't who I want to be. This isn't the kind of life that I want. I don't even know if God could love me because of some of the things that I've done. And we, we were down by the beach, and a group of us, just, we just gathered around him and prayed for him. And in that moment, just God broke through and just began to set him free of just some of the muck that had sort of um, started to strangle his life. Just God instantly set him free from addiction, he instantly um, uh, set him free from, from a number of things. And then over a period of time, he continued to set him free and continued to heal him. Because that is what the Holy Spirit loves to do. He loves to set us free so that we can be who God intended us to be. The Holy Spirit empowers us. Acts 1.8, we read it right at the beginning. You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Power to hold on to what you believe. To do what he commanded us to do. To pray for the sick. To love the poor. In the last few months, we have seen God do some extraordinary things in our, in our meetings. We had someone who couldn't taste anything for years. And spontaneously, the Holy Spirit just met with, met with this person. And their taste was restored. We had someone a couple of weeks ago who's been a celiac her whole life. And... Um, uh, someone prayed for her and she got instantly healed. If you don't know what a celiac is, it, it basically means you can't eat any, anything with um, gluten in it at all. None of the naughty stuff. And, um, and, and she thought she'd been healed, so she, she tried a bit of pizza bread. <laughs> the following week she had pasta, she had pizza, she had all sorts of things, and she has been completely healed. In that moment, that is what the Holy Spirit loves to do. He lo loves to empower people, to heal people. I was at something once and I literally saw someone's leg grow about that much. That's not just their spine loosened up. I'm talking about their leg grew. Their, they had this sort of stub on the end of their shoe. They had to walk home without shoes on because the, the, his leg had grown. So his shoe, the stub on his, um, on, on his heel meant that his shoe didn't fit properly. We need to pray for him. We need to expect more of this stuff because this is what the Holy Spirit loves to do. He loves to heal people. He loves to empower his people. He loves to empower us uh, so that we can step out and show people what he is like. 
We did a whole series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you weren't here, do have a listen on our website, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's a whole bunch of series where we, where we talk about the sort of gifts that he gives us because of the sort of God that he is, because he's extravagant and because he's generous. He loves to give, give good gifts to his children, and he loves us to practice them. He loves us to use them in church, but he hasn't just given us them so that we can use them in church. I've been increasingly convicted that God has given us and poured out his Spirit on us and empowered us so that we can take him outside the four walls of the church. I long for the day when someone's sick and someone says, doesn't say, I'd love to bring you to church. Someone says, I'm going to pray for you now and you're probably going to get healed, so get ready. That's what I'm, long, that's what I'm living for. That is what I am loving, uh, uh, longing for and praying for. I've got these friends, Nick and Kerry. They are just this insane, faith-filled couple. Um, they, just, they, they, um, they spent a year with Alan Cox in Northern Ireland and then they um, felt moved by the Spirit to plant a church in, in San Diego. And these guys just take extraordinary risks, fun risks for Jesus all the time. So they just go out onto the streets and they offer to pray for people. Because they're convinced that God just didn't give us the gift of healing for the church. He gave it for the world so that the world would know what he's like. So I texted him yesterday. I knew this talk was coming up. And I, um, I texted him and I said, um, um, I said, hey, Nick, I'm so, um, um, uh, quick question. Do you have any good stories from healing you could send me for my talk to worries? Uh, talk tomorrow, no worries if you can't. Hey, Bill, we've got tons. Anything you're looking for? A couple of, <laughs> a couple of good stories uh, of people being healed outside of church on Sundays. We stopped a couple two weeks ago. And the woman got prayer. Her back pain immediately left, and she gave her life to Jesus. This morning, she and her husband came to church, and he gave his life to Jesus. Um, both signed up for a small group and being baptized in a few weeks. That's awesome. Do you, do you mind if I tell anyone at church tomorrow? No problem. How did you meet them? Um, and then he said, we got two medical proofs of type, type, type 1 diabetes being healed. Awesome. That's so inspiring. We had a Mexican family stop to get prayer a month ago. The mother um, is in her 60s, uh, and her shoulder, was uh, her shoulder and her knee were completely healed. She started crying, and her daughter saw the improvement in her mother and gave her life to Jesus. Uh, we then found out that the girl's parents had been praying for her for 30 years to come to faith. Nick, these are off the charts. Awesome. I feel so encouraged. Um, <laughs> we have a guy on our team that works with severely autistic. After weeks of hearing how prayer changes things, he decides to start praying for the kids he was working with. The worst student would have 50 incidents a day when he, this guy started praying for them. It went down to two a day. Like, I basically, they kind of kept going on, and eventually I had to say, like, that's enough stories, thank you very much. But this is what they're doing. They believe that God, we believe this, don't we, that God hasn't just called, uh, poured out his spirit on us so that we can be blessed. He's poured out his spirit on us so that we can be a blessing to the world. So that we can take him and we can show them, particularly at the moment where there's so much bad stuff happening, that actually God is good. And that he's not on the back, on the back foot, kind of with a, with, with a dustpan and brush, mopping up after the devil, completely the reverse. He is on the move, he's rampant, he's doing stuff all over the place. And what he's looking for is people who say, fill me and send me out. I love that song, for the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me. Because we burn so that other people would see him and would long for him. That's why we're so excited about Dave and Liz and the team out in Ibiza. That's why we're so pumped about what God is going to do in Woking. If you haven't signed up for the, if you're interested in, in, in being a part of the Woking plant, um, do sign up for this, uh, the, the um, church plant training, which starts on Thursday in Woking at 7.30 at the Lighthouse. 
Uh, you can sign up on our website. So six-week course is going to prepare you and equip you for um, living for the kingdom dangerously, but in an exciting way outside, not just in church, but outside church. If you're a part of this church and you want to go and be part of that, uh, do sign up. If you're a part of Woking and you're here this morning, first of all, welcome. Secondly, we love you. And thirdly, please do also sign up. When you meet Josh and Emma Heather, you are going to fall in love with them. They are off the chart incredible. And this is, this is what they long to see. Talk to, talking to Josh, it was, it was just so moving. No, he isn't moving to build a church He's moving to see a kingdom established in Woking. That is what we are living for. So when Paul says to the church in Ephesus, be filled, he wants us to be filled so that we would know him, that we would know God, that we would love God, and that we would love the world. And that would compel us out of the four, four walls of the church. He wants to afresh, refresh you. He wants to reawaken you. He wants to give you, he wants you to know his love for you and he wants to give you a greater love for him so that you would go and show uh, his love to others who don't know him. I know many of you are doing this all the time already. A few years ago, I was... Um, when I was working at my last church. To be honest, um, it, was, it, it was an amazing place. I love the, the church. It was uh, HTB. It was my church for many, many years. But uh, I wasn't in a particularly great place when I, for some of the time I was there. And um, uh, I, I got the opportunity to, well, I went and visited one of the, 24, the, the main 24-7 prayer uh, church in, in Kansas City. And then I managed to bolt onto the end of it, going and seeing some friends of ours. Um, out in Bethel, and um, during the evening service, what happened was they said, if you're new, you're a visitor, we'd just love to pray for you, so I went to the front, and um, um, what, I can't remember, remember anything else that happened that evening, but what, what, what Nikki, my wife, said is that basically someone went, put a hand on me, I went boom, straight on the floor, and this guy, what he prayed is, Lord, please give him more than enough for a nation, more than enough for a nation. Now, that is the kind of prayer that we should be praying. And I got up and I, I mean, as I said, the rest of the evening's a bit of a blur. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes and he meets with us often. It, it talks about the fact in Acts that they, the people around them thought they were drunk. I want to be so full of the Holy Spirit that, I, that I'm paralytic with the presence of God. Anyway, I don't remember much of that evening. That's the thought. I just, you know, when you have those moments, you stop and just think, now what would that look like? Anyway, um, uh, I literally remember this one time. This is a bit of a, a thing, but anyway. Um, one of my friends um, got filled with the Spirit, and I remember them bumping into them in the supermarket a couple of hours later. And literally, I couldn't work out if she was pushing the trolley or the trolley was holding her up. She was absolutely paralytically full of the Spirit of God. It was hilarious, and she sort of stopped and was praying for people, and they were kind of all, people literally falling over in the supermarket as she prayed for them. It was brilliant. Anyway. I don't remember much about that evening, but I do remember when I got up, something had shifted in me. I felt a confidence that I hadn't had for a while. I felt loved by God. I experienced the love of God in a really powerful way. And I became more convinced than ever 
if I needed any more convincing, that what God has given us, his Holy Spirit, is not just for us. It is for the world. It is for the world. The Holy Spirit is here, and he wants to give us more of him. You can never have too much of the Holy Spirit. He wants to give you more. He loves it when we ask for more. More than enough for us, more than enough for a nation, more than enough for the nations. Let's stand. Okay, I think maybe the band are going to come up and um, just while we do that, we're just going to position ourselves to receive. And what I mean by that is we come to God with an attitude that first of all, we're expectant, secondly, we're excited, and thirdly, we want him to fill us. We want him to fill us because I, I don't know about you, but I need him. I just need him to get through the day some days. I need more of him for myself, but I don't just want him for myself. I want him for the sake of every single conversation that I'm going to have with every single person, whether they know Jesus or not. Because I want them, first of all, to, to get the best of me, and secondly, I want them, more importantly, I want them to encounter the presence and the love and the power of Jesus. That is not something that I can conjure up by myself. It comes from being filled to overflowing with the Spirit of the living God. That is what he is here to do this morning. That is what he wants to do this morning. So, if you're up for it, uh, what we're going to do is we are just going to put our hands out. Now, the reason why we put our hands out, there's nothing mystical about it. There's no sort of technique. But if I was to walk up to Mark and give him a present, he would need to have to hold out his hand in, in order to receive it. So when God comes and he moves amongst us, he gives us the most generous gift of all. He gives us himself. He gives us himself. He offers himself. And the only way that, I know, the way that I know that helps me to know that I'm receiving is to hold out my hands, to say, yes, please, bring it on. So that's why we hold out our hands. If, you, if you'd rather not hold our hands, don't worry, you know, God can meet you anyway. But it's helpful lang body language for you. It helps connect you to connect with God. So, Father, would you come? Let's keep our eyes closed. Father, thank you that you promised that you're here. Thank you, you said when two or more are gathered together, that you are with them. So you are with us. We thank you that you're here. And Holy Spirit, we just ask you to move amongst us. We ask you to move amongst us. Now, we know you already did some stuff earlier, but we want to pray you do more stuff. Lord, thank you that you, you love doing more stuff. So come and fill us. Holy Spirit, come. And I, I want to keep your eyes closed. I don't want you to worry about what's happening uh, around you. We have so few moments in life where we give God space just to meet with us. So let him meet with you this morning. The lover of your soul, the creator of the universe, the one who makes all things new the one who wants to draw you into a relationship with the Father, the one who wants to set you free, the one who wants to empower you, the one who wants to change you, the one who wants to reawaken you, let him meet with you.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. to see the Holy Spirit moving around the room meeting with different people thank you Lord some of us we all experience the Holy Spirit differently because he meets with us individually because he's a person and we're people so some of us are senses, so we sense something's happening, but we're not quite sure what. Some of us are feelers, so we will feel the love of God. It may be that we feel a deep peace. It may be that we feel a sort of a bubbling excitement within us. We could be feeling all sorts of things. That's the Holy Spirit. It may be that our heart is starting to beat fast, or we're feeling tingling in our fingers. That's the Holy Spirit. And some of us are just knowers. We know he's here. We don't feel anything. We don't sense anything. We know he's here because he said he would be. And we know he's filling us because he said, ask and you receive. Seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open to you. Some of you are feeling a weight in your hands right now. That's just the Holy Spirit. Just say thank you. Some of you are feeling peace. Just say thank you. Some of you are just wanting to burst into praise. Well, that's you. Just say thank you. Some of you are being reminded of verses of Scripture. Say thank you. It's all the work of the same Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We pray for more of you. For some of us, it means that we, we just start to cry, and that's okay. It's just the Spirit just bringing... Sometimes we cry because we're happy. Sometimes we cry because we're experiencing something we haven't experienced before. It is the same Holy Spirit just meeting with us. Don't feel a pressure to, to cry, but some of you, that I can see that's what's happening. That's wonderful. Just thank Him. Thank you, Lord. We pray for more of you. Just as we continue to receive, I, I sort of feel impressed by the Spirit that if you, 
when I started talking about God wanting to do stuff outside of the walls, the four walls of the church, that's when you started to like particularly engage. If that's you, I just want you to put your hands up because I would just love to pray for you. You feel just a particular burden to see the kingdom of God manifest itself outside of church. That's quite a few hands, right. What I'm going to ask us to do, just uh, with the rest of us, we're going to open our eyes. Keep your hands up if that's you. And uh, just have a look around you. If you see someone with their hand up, I want you to go and I want you to pray your best prayer for them. It doesn't have to be articulate, just your best prayer. You're praying that God would fill them with his spirit, that he would give them boldness and confidence and courage to step out, to share him, to, to expect him to do the things he does in church outside of church. There's quite a few hands to that. There's a couple of... Yep, a couple, brilliant. Do look around, I don't know, there's people upstairs, great. Make sure everyone's getting prayed for, brilliant, thank you. Great, great. Okay, as we keep praying, we're going we're gonna to worship. And let this song uh, be a prayer, let it be a declaration, let it be a battle cry. <laughs> 